Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to watchnebula.com slash not overthinking with a little hyphen thing in between the not and the overthinking. So watchnebula.com slash not dash overthinking. Through Nebula, you'll firstly get access to all of our podcast episodes ad-free. Secondly, you'll see exclusive content from me and a load of other educational-ish creators. And thirdly, it directly supports this podcast. So you'll incentivize me and Tame to record more episodes. My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello, and welcome back to Not Overthinking. Taymor, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I just got back from a little trip to Turkey. Oh, I was Went for four days-ish with some lads. Yeah, it was pretty solid. I was working for the first couple of days, did some sightseeing yesterday, and then just came back today. Um, so yeah, quite a short trip, mostly mostly work focused, but yeah, nice to hang out with some lads. Could you have done the hanging out with the lads anywhere like like in the UK? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I personally didn't do too much Turkey specific stuff. Mm. Uh, I think the rest of them did because they were doing a lot more sightseeing because they weren't working for the first two days. Yeah, fair. Um, but yeah, no, it was good, solid, pretty solid. Yeah, I think I think even even then it it is nice to go abroad just for a bit of a yeah. The distance is nice. Yeah. I think the distance is nice, but like transit is kind of annoying. Like to from the airport, et cetera, et cetera. Stansted airport is also just quite grim, to be honest. Mm. I had to get like a COVID test on arrivals, like walking out in the rain to some little testing center at Stansted airport. And so, yeah, it's not too interesting. Um, but yeah, it was a solid trip. But I think given that I didn't do too much Turkey specific stuff, I would have probably preferred some kind of nature environment rather than city. So we were in Istanbul. But yeah, I guess for the rest of the lads, they wanted to go to Turkey. And if, yeah, if I wasn't working for the first couple of days, we would have done, I would have done a lot more Turkey stuff. Do you, do you, do you enjoy the whole sightseeing things? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. But yeah, it depends on the sites, you know. What do you, what do you like about it? I mean, if, if, it's, if the site is something that I find interesting. So, for example, Turkey has like a bunch of really old, really big, fancy mosques. I actually didn't end up... I, we went to like one mosque. Well, I went to like one mosque. I was planning to go to some more today, but then I switched to an earlier flight. Uh, but actually, interestingly, yesterday, uh, a couple of the groups, there were six of us in total, a couple of people had like a really packed itinerary of like, oh, we should do this and this and this and this. And then the rest of us were just kind of like, uh, we're going to go to the spa at, the, <laughs> at this nice hotel and we're just going to get a massage and just chill out until dinner. <laughs> and so, yeah, we, uh, I think we, we were talking about how sort of liberating it was to kind of not have that pressure of having to do sightseeing. Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of like the feeling of having a personal trainer session and then being able to cancel it. <laughs> yeah, of. you've talked about this as like the epitome of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, it, what's, what's, what's the macro point here? The macro point is something that you feel you're supposed to do mm, yeah, and then yeah. you realize that actually you have more autonomy and yeah, freedom, yeah, yeah. that you are a sovereign individual. <laughs> yeah, you can see your chains once and for all and you can let go yeah, of them. You can choose to, yeah. Choose to break the chains. Yeah. So that was nice. So, so did four of you get the spa and the other two do sightseeing? Yeah, the, the others did some sightseeing. And was there a, was there a bit of a um, consensus afterwards on who had who had the more fun? No, not at all. No, we all kind of caught up on our experiences. Yeah, I think, I think, the, I think the, the sightseeing people enjoyed the sightseeing and they were keen on that. The rest of us enjoyed chilling in a spa and getting some massages and just sitting and sipping some you know, drinks. Nice. Um, yeah, it was a solid trip. How's uh, how's your past week been? It's been good. Um, I had laser eye surgery on, Mate, on Wednesday. That's huge. So now these glasses are actually fake. <laughs> I don't need them. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Um, they do have a blue blue light blocking thingy thingy yeah. on them, but they're also just like a bit grim. Like within three days, they've gone like a bit mm, a bit gr- a bit grimy. And so now, when I wear them compared to when I don't wear them, like the world is just clearer when I don't wear them. Mm. And yeah, this is a, yeah. a thing about wearing glasses that when you are wearing glasses you acclimatize to the world being a bit unclean. Yeah. <laughs> and then you take them off and then you can see for the first time and you can appreciate like lights and stuff in your peripher- periphery oh, for the really? first time ever. Um, yeah, because I guess in my periphery, I can see these, there's the outline of the frames and you just mm. learn to tune it out, but it's there. Yeah. So, mental. pretty solid experience overall. What, what made you decide to bite the bullet? Uh, so about two years ago, an ophthalmologist messaged me on Instagram saying, we thought about later the laser eye surgery and i said yeah tell me more and he said well you know you, you can just come in to to the clinic for a consultation but you need to have had a stable prescription for two years in your in your glasses 
And I thought, oh, I can't be asked to dig my prescription up. I'll, I'll, I'll put it off. Yeah. And then two years later, <laughs> I heard from multiple people who had had laser eye surgery that it was a life-changing thing. Mm. And a few of the people who I actually, I knew in real life or friends of friends had actually had it through the same guy. His name is Ramesh, based mm. at OCL Vision. Okay. And I was like, oh, this guy is the guy who messaged me two years ago on Instagram. Oh, no way. <laughs> then I replied back to him two years later, like, hey, source for the delay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is this offer still on the table? Sorry, fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, sure. So booked me in with the consultation. So that happened a few months ago. And then we went to Pakistan. So he was like, we should probably do the operation after you come back because mm. we won't be able to follow you up. Yeah. So I remember over the past few weeks, you were kind of umming and eye and you were like tweeting about, guys, should I get it? I'm yeah. having cold feeds. So what was that whole process about? Yeah. So, um, I mentioned it in like a YouTube community post or something that I was potentially thinking about it. And there was a barrage of comments being like, don't do it. It's like really bad. I had it done and it was really bad. And my eyes have never been the same since. And really a few horror stories. What's, yeah. So what's like the TLDR on like the risks and the probabilities? Um, I don't know. <laughs> nice. Um, Tiago, our mutual friend tweeted, risks are less than the risk of crossing the road. Okay. And when I spoke to the surgeon, he was like, look, yes, there are risks to everything, but broadly those risks are fairly small. Yeah. Maybe like a 1% risk of infection, but you get prophylactic antibiotic drops to put in your eyes to help mitigate that. Yeah. And in maybe 10% of cases, you actually have to do a, a second surgery to, because you, the first round hasn't fully corrected your vision hmm. or something like that. Um, but broadly the impression I got and I didn't really do much reading on this but the impression I got was that I take far more I do far more risky things every day in my life okay this yeah. is now a relatively safe thing yeah uh, one of my major concerns was I'd heard that 10 years down the line you then have a problem with dry eyes and you have to put eye drops in yeah and the surgeon guy was like yeah this was a, this was a problem like 20 years ago but this you know technology has evolved since then yeah the first laser eye thing he was done I think in 1991 it's like 30 years ago. Whoa, okay. And it was like, you know, if you can imagine how much your smartphone has improved since yeah, 1991, yeah. like there have been a lot of improvements. The whole process is mostly automated in that you get this machine which scans your eyes and then that's directly connected to the laser. And so the, all, all of the lasering is done by a machine. Hmm. Um, I think what the surgeon does is retract the cornea. They, they make a little cut in the front of your eye, the cornea, yeah. lift it up a bit. Then the machine goes to work and within about 15 seconds, your, your vision and astigmatism is corrected for. What? And then they put the corneal flap back. And then that's it. It heals. Yeah, it heals within a few days. Well, so it's like a one minute operation. It was literally like 30 seconds of a little bit of discomfort when there's sort of, there's a bit of pressure. And Wait, the, can you feel your cornea being cut open? No. I mean, because they put anesthetic drops, so you can't feel anything that's going on. But there's, there was like 30 seconds of a bit of pressure. Hmm. And that's when they cut it's the cornea cool. open. Oh, okay. And then it was like 15 seconds of zzz, 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 And you or, see like red, like shooting into your eye. You can't, but apparently the people, uh, the, the, the like outsiders can see it. Really? So we've got it all on camera. I, I haven't oh, seen the really? footage yet because we're going to do a video about the experience. Uh, and all the people in the room are like, yeah, that looks really cool. Yeah. Um, and so at that point, like you're just looking up in a green blinking light and that like light is tracking the position of your eyeball and mm. correcting for any micro movements. And if it senses that your eyeball is moved off of where it, off, off, off of where it should be, it immediately cuts the laser. So there's zero risk of it like yeah, hitting yeah. not to the place it should do. Yeah. But there is a weird smell of sizzling. Um, really? A smell? Yeah, it's so it's it's a smell that you get when you're in surgery and they use the diathermy, which like sizzles flesh, that kind of smell. And the so, smell of like burning flesh. Yeah, the smell of burning flesh. So I, well, I commented while it was happening, ooh, like ooh, I think, I think I can smell the burning. And he was like, yeah, people say that, but it's actually not burning. What you're smelling is the carbon being released from like the molecules sp splitting. Or Sounds like burning, mate. <laughs> what you're smelling <laughs> he, is the intense heat. And he, he, he said there, there is actually no thermal process happening. <laughs> Okay. apparently okay. and i was like all right cool. and, and you know by the time we finished that conversation it's over <laughs> <laughs> so yeah relatively and it, it, it was weird because like just before i lay down on the table he was like okay i want you to note the time on that clock and note that you probably can't see the time on that clock oh yeah and then afterwards he was like okay look at the clock and i was like oh my effing god <laughs> i can suddenly see without my glasses and i was like whoa um so yeah are you, are you like used to it now or do you still wake up and you're like whoa i can just see yeah no for the last few nights i've woken up thinking whoa. for the for the first two nights you have to wear these eye shields yeah you have to tape them to your eyes to stop you from like rubbing your eyes and stuff because it's still quite like fragile but now i've kind of i kind of take for granted that i can see and okay. i've got i've got these glasses i think initially i got the glasses because it was, it was like you know I, I think i look better with glasses but okay. the more i see myself in the mirror the more i'm like yeah, yeah you i actually look fine yeah. yeah so yeah mate sort of experience stuff yeah I mean, I wouldn't so say it's life-changing, but yeah. Really? 
Well, I guess you, know, you don't have to wear glasses. It's not a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, wearing glasses, not wearing glasses wasn't a huge deal for me. The the, the thing that sold me on it, I, I was getting cold feet. And then Jamie, one of our team members, said that, look, imagine if you had an accident. You'd be completely screwed if you don't have your glasses or if your glasses fell off. I was like, yeah, that's that's very true. So he was like, so even for that, like in that unlikely event that you have some sort of accident, you want to be able to see. And yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, yeah, that sounds plausible. And I guess water cool. stuff, I know to be honest, I guess water stuff does become a lot easier, right? Yeah, it would be nice not having to wear like prescription swimming goggles. It'd yeah. be nice to not have to get special ski goggles that are mm. fit glasses. Yeah. Um, to be able to do, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I mean, water sports, you wear goggles anyway. And if you have mm. prescription, it's not too bad. But being able to wear sunglasses that don't have prescription on them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like all these things are being able to play Oculus without having to account for the glasses. Right. If I ever bother playing the Oculus. <laughs> There's all these like theoretical things which I haven't yet taken advantage of. But So do you think glasses wear do you think glasses people should do it? Glasses havers. I don't know I don't know yet. Um it's still only been a few days, so my vision hasn't fully recovered. It's still like there's been sort of soft focus. How much does it set you back? In terms of money. Yeah. Uh, I think the RP is four K, but I got a fifty percent influencer discount. Nice. Four K for total. Yeah. So it's very reasonably priced. Given that, like, if you if you, if you have a bad prescription like mine, every time I get glasses, it costs about six hundred quid. What for, for the frames plus the thinning of the lens? Genuinely, plus, yeah. Like when what you have minus hell? seven, you have to pay like four hundred quid to get thinned out lenses to fit in glasses. Mate, that's ridiculous. And then obviously, I do the I get upsold on the blue light filter yeah. and the red light filter <laughs> oh, <right>. and the <laughs> you know slap it all on <laughs> the eco filter, <laughs> all the, all the, all the other you know sourced from sustainable metal. All right then, fine. <laughs> um, so it will be ROI positive within about three years of not buying glasses. That's pretty cool. Theoretically. But I think in a few months, I'd probably be like, yeah, this is cool. I think when I get to the point where I do something where I think, okay, the fact that I'm not wearing glasses right now makes this so much better, mm. then that yeah, will be that when will I really nice, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Wait, that's, that's huge. That's been me. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, like, imagine the first laser eye surgery, like 30 years ago or whatever. You can just like restore someone's sight. Yeah. It's just like a, it's like a miracle. Imagine how brave that first patient must yeah, be. Yeah, mate. That's like, you know what? <laughs> Gonna gonna take a chance on this unproven mm. unproven surgery. That's awesome, man. So yeah, I see things now. Hmm. Are you continuing to thrive? It's last week when we chatted. You said we're thriving. Yeah, am I continuing to thrive? Yeah, I am continuing to thrive. Nice. Life is great. Going to an Ed Sheeran concert tomorrow evening. Really? Yeah. Indoors. It's fun. Indoor concert. Two thousand people only, compared to the eighty thousand that would be in an outdoor arena. Mm. Um, in a church. It's like his Merry Christmas concert. So hopefully Elton oh, John wow. will make a guest appearance and sing the absolute banger of a song. That'll be great. Is that in London? That's in London. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to this. Um, there's, have, you, have you come across a restaurant called Don Le Noir? No. Uh, it means in the night. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's like a, a blind restaurant where apparently the waiters and stuff are blind. And it's also in pitch darkness. So you're dining in, but you can't see the food that you're eating. Oh, really? And so, you know, they give you this like tasting menu yeah. where you end up eating mystery food. And then... It's just kind of a, an experience. That sounds cool. Yeah. So a few exciting things to look forward to. Nice. Um, yeah. What about you? Are you thriving? I say I'm thriving a bit less because my gym routine got like significantly disrupted last week. I think by disrupted, I mean I canceled a session. <laughs> oh, best feeling ever. <laughs> yeah, I definitely felt good at the time. And then actually I'm not going to have a session tomorrow because I'm waiting for a negative COVID test result. And then I should have a session on Tuesday. So, I, I, yeah, I was thinking actually in Turkey as well. Because, like, yeah, I do like the flexibility of just being able to go to random places, you know, living between London and St. Albans, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think I just need to, like, have my, my own, like, workout routine that I just, I just do regardless of just, like, some body weight exercises. Yeah. That I just, you know, like, 15, you know, 10, 15 minutes that I just do every day regardless of where I am, who I'm with. Yeah, I think that would be good. And then it just, like, sets you up. Hmm. I mean, there's a gym here. There's a, there's a gym in your flat. Like, yeah, there is. These are all very reasonable. Things yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I've, I've used your gym before. Yeah. I've also been um, researching jump ropes. Oh, yeah? Because I was doing a bit of skipping with my personal trainer a couple of weeks ago. You've been skipping the session. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we tried weighted jump rope exercises. Weighted? That, yeah, you put, you put weights in it. Okay. In the thing, so like only by like half a pound or something, but it really makes it yeah. makes it harder. So then, obviously, I googled kind of best jump rope, and there's this company that some direct to consumer company that for two hundred and fifty quid that sells you like the ultimate jump rope package <laughs> when you could buy a five so pound. Does one that work like thing. your forearms and stuff? Like I don't know. Apparently, it works like all the things. Does it help you make gains, or is it more of a? I always thought roping was more of a cardio thing. You, if you have the right setting, if you have the appropriate weight on the thing, it does actually help you make gains. Apparently, okay. Um, but I haven't, I haven't looked into this too much, but I was thinking that maybe it would be a good part of my everyday carry to just carry a jump rope around. 
How much of that is because of the idea of like? No, it's mostly big. Yeah, mostly okay. the idea. It's like, <laughs> you know, uh, there was there was one Casey Neistat video that I watched where he said that he just carries these exercise bands around with him because mm. they weigh nothing and they pack down into nothing. And so when he's at the airport or something, he's got footage of himself doing like I don't know bicep curls and stuff with these bands. Okay. And the idea of that seemed super cool. Mm. Uh, realistically, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I probably wouldn't bother. Yeah, I think I think I, I do find I find the idea appealing of like having a couple of little things that you can carry in your suitcase or your backpack, so that like no matter where you are in the world or like you know you can just like do your thing. Like how Tim Ferriss always carries his like athletic sardines greens and stuff. <laughs> sardines. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was Athletic Greens was his, his thing. Of- oh, yeah. No, it is. But it's also it's like a sardines that he has every morning for breakfast or something. Is that for like protein? Or- I think, yeah. It's just a, 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 at one point used to be his breakfast for a few years. Hmm. And he would just carry, carry carry them around with him even when traveling. Yeah. Because I think right now, my life, as I've said before, my life is like fairly flexible, a bit, you know, fairly moving from place to place. And that has its benefits. But I think I can cut down on its negatives if I just had routines for things that I could just do anywhere. Yeah, but yeah, you, you could do body weight stuff very easily. I could. It's just a habit thing, you know. Like there was a few months ago, I was in the you know maybe like you know three four months ago, I was in the routine of like doing a set of pull ups and a set of push ups every single day, and like you know it takes almost no time at all. It's a great little break from whatever you're doing. Mm. Yeah, I'm just continually surprised at like how once you're out of the habit, I don't know what makes it so difficult to just get back into it. I think actually because for the first couple of days. You know, when you're in the, in the routine of like doing pops every day, doing push-ups every day, like it feels really good. You feel like you can do quite a lot. And then, you know, when you're out of the habit, you know that, oh man, at my peak, I could do like 15 pull-ups or something. And then you're like struggling to do eight, nine. And, you're, and, and like, it's, it, it's kind, it kind of hurts in like a not a nice way because like you've been out of it. Mm. So I think, yeah, continually surprised at that. That makes sense. I think one thing that I found helpful is tracking my workouts on Apple Notes, <laughs> my second brain of choice. Yeah. Um, so I just have a folder called gym. And within that folder, I just have each different exercise. But like, so for example, like tricep pull down machine or chest press machine or chest press normal or dumbbell chest press. Mm. And so wherever I am, whether I'm in kind of the local gym or the gym in here, I, kn- I, I can just be like, oh, okay, that, that's a tricep pull down machine. Fine. Let's see what it did last time and let's try and do a little bit more. Oh, okay, that. nice. Yeah. And so that gives me a very easy default mm. to do. Yeah. Even when I'm just having a token session, at least I'm doing some level of progressive overloading. Yeah. And I think if I were doing body weight stuff or jump rope stuff or, or anything, then, you know, last time I did, I don't know, 30 seconds of plank. Let's do 35. Let's do 40. Like mm. just keeping, keeping that up over time. Yeah. And not being too, uh, not being too fast about the intensity of any individual session, but more about the consistency yeah, the over the consistency. long term. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a good approach. I'll do some body weight stuff tonight. Nice. Yeah, I could do it tomorrow morning. I'll probably hit the gym tomorrow morning. Nice. Like I was supposed to, if I didn't want for my COVID test. One thing I've been thinking about recently is the ego. The ego. Yeah. Okay. I think if you, if you look at any sort of vaguely old tradition, you know, religions or you know old traditions, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of focus on the ego and kind of suppressing it. I mean, you've read a lot of sort of modern modern day, like, you know, life wisdom mm. guru type stuff. Like ego is the enemy by Ryan Holiday. Ego, oh, really? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've got it covered. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he it's, talks about stoicism, so. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Old tradition. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that the more I think about it, just like so much, a lot of things which are almost like presented as like positives nowadays are really just kind of the ego acting out, you know? Okay, what do you mean? I'm going to give examples of things. I'm not trying to suggest that certain reactions to things are bad or that we shouldn't try and change things, etc., etc. I'm just trying to suggest that there is also ego at play, which isn't really, you know, noticed very often or kind of brought to the center and isn't really like part of the discourse at all. So, for example, I think like... I'm, I'm going to ask you for a definition of ego, but I want you to give the example first, so it kind of makes. Ah, yeah. Here's here's an example. Okay, yeah. So I think you know, there's often sort of situations where you're in a kind of, you're in kind of like a group setting or something, and let's say I don't know, let's say there's some like singing involved, or like someone you know is good at playing an instrument, you know that kind of there's that kind of setting. And, you know, someone might say something like, oh, yeah, I think some, some people kind of have the view of like, oh, I don't like doing things that I'm not good at kind of thing. I, I'm, you know, oh, I'm really bad at singing. I'm not going to do that. Or like, 
oh, you know, no, I'm not very good at the piano. I'm, you know, with that kind of that kind of vibe. It's almost presented as like humility in a way. Sorry, someone being bad at something and not. Just okay, yeah, I don't think it's presented as anything in particular. But I think that's an example of just like a. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I might I might be off. A fear of looking foolish. Yeah, just like a you know an an, an overactive ego of like worrying too much, sort of. Worrying about the way that others are perceiving you yeah, and... Yeah, worrying about sort of, uh, you know, kind of your reputation in this kind of way and kind of caring a lot about that and stuff like that, you know? So how, how, sorry, how, like how a, are you defining ego here? Sorry? So what, does, what, what does ego mean in this context? What do I mean by ego? And we can actually just get a definition. Like sen- sense of our own self? Yeah, it's a sense of self in a very, like... Let's just, let's just find a nice definition, actually. That's so funny. Why are you on Twitter.com? I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's funny, when you, when you type in ego... You get the apparently there's a shop called Ego, and so you get pictures of like shoes. Halfway down the page, you get the Wikipedia. <laughs> so there's a Mediterranean pub. <laughs> All right, so a person's self sense of self esteem or self importance. So you feel that when people are oh I don't want to sing because I'm bad at singing that is a fear of being thought foolish, which is a fear of which is basically it's an ego related thing. Yeah. And if someone had so less yeah, of a that's big, like one of fragile ego, then they would be open to being thought foolish by others. If someone what? If someone had less of an ego in inverted commas. Yeah, so I, th- I think that's one I, I think that's one thing, yeah. Okay. Um le- another example is where else has come up? I feel like I've, a bu- over the past few weeks, I've noticed a bunch of situations where it's come up. I don't want to record a video because my hair doesn't look nice. I don't want to record a podcast because like, you know, the, the, or is, is this the sort of stuff you're getting at? Th- that, that's like one, that's one like set of examples. Mm. Yeah, I find that there's just a lot of psychic chatter in my head sometimes, which is just like completely pointless. Okay. Um, which I think is also just ego. Yeah, I mean, it, it's things like sort of fantasizing about the future sort of uh do you know what i mean do you mean do you know the psychic chatter that i'm talking about oh uh, yeah but I, I i want you to elaborate on it so what do you mean by fantasizing about the future you know just thinking of like future scenarios just like com- complete you know like good ones or bad ones or yeah i guess like good you know good ones or for example man it's hard to come up with examples you know so this, yeah just this, just this, psychic, this particularly, psychic but, chatter yeah. that's that's focused on the self and just like self-importance mate this is this is exactly the stuff I'm reading about at the moment with because I'm on a big thing of reading all these spirituality books. Yeah. Which are all about like helping you get over the whole psychic chatter thing. Yeah. And appreciating kind of the ego is like a thing. Mm. Um and like shouldn't be a thing and 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 all this stuff. Mm. So Yeah, I'm trying to think how does it kind of manifest in my my own life? Them. Yeah, how is this currently manifesting in Yeah, it? I'm trying to think okay, when when do I feel like when do I notice my own ego? Yeah, I think there's definitely like moments of psychic chatter of like feelings of self-importance. Okay, feeling just like important. very. What do, you, what do you mean? Um, why don't you read some highlights in the meantime? So, what book is this? There are a few books I'm 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 reading at the moment that are around this sort of this sort of vibe. This one is uh, uh, uh it's called Atma Moon, but the path to achieving the bliss of the Himalayan Himalayan swamis. Love it by <coughs> Kapil Gupta. Okay. Uh, oh, it's famously <laughs> wrecked me on Twitter. Well, have we talked about that on the pod? Uh, I'm not sure we have. Yeah, I mean, for context, there's this guy called Kapil Gupta, who is some like philosopher dude, or like yeah, um, and uh, some yeah, some sort of guru in the true sense of the word. And he wrote a book called A Master's Secret Whisperers, and this book called Atma Moon. And a few weeks ago, I tweeted that I was started reading A Master's Secret Whisperers after a friend recommended it. Yeah, and I tagged him in the I, I tagged him in the tweet. Yeah, uh, saying like, here we go, lads, or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and he replied saying you are probably not ready for this book yet. <laughs> no, he didn't even say yet. He said, you are probably not ready for this book. Ready with a capital R. And I was like, damn, I got ratioed hard on that one. <laughs> oh, man. So he's, he's like Naval's guru, right? He's like Naval's guru, yeah. yeah. So Atma Moon is his first book, and then A Master's Secret Whispers is his second one. A Master's Secret Whispers is interesting. It's, it's, it's written in the style of a courage to be, The Courage to Be Disliked. Oh, so no. it's a conversation between master and student. Yeah, what do they say about ego uh, self? I mean, so okay, so that's two of them. The, the 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 one that's more famous is the power of now, which is all about like living in the present moment and and things like that. Mm. Let me see if that has any spe- like. Yeah, on the psychic chatter front, I remember in 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 the sort of seminal Naval podcast with on Farnham Street in yeah. like twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen or whatever. I remember Naval talked about this around like oh when he's like brushing his teeth, you know he's 
he's either like replaying stuff in the past or like thinking about future scenarios and there's all this just like pointless psychic chatter in his head um that's kind of what i was getting at this is from the power of now by eckhart tolle eckhart tolle uh i've heard this chat not to be able to stop thinking is a dreadful affliction, but we don't realize this because every, almost everybody is suffering from it, so it is considered mm. normal. Yeah. The ins- this incessant mental noise prevents you from finding that realm of inner stillness that is inseparable from being with a capital B. Uh-huh. It also creates a false mind-made self. The mind, yeah, the false that mind casts made a self, shadow yeah. of fear and suffering. We will look at all that in more detail later. Yeah, false mind-made self is great. The philosopher Descartes believed that he had found the most fundamental truth when he made his famous statement, I think, therefore I am. He had, in fact, given expression to the most basic error to equate thinking with being and identity with thinking. The compulsive thinker, which means almost everyone, lives in a state of apparent separateness in an insanely complex world of continuous problems and conflict, a world that reflects the ever-increasing fragmentation of the mind. Enlightenment is a state of wholeness, of being, quote, at one and therefore at peace. At one with life in its manifested aspect, the world as well as the deeper self and life unmanifested at one with being. Enlightenment is not only the end of suffering and of continuous conflict within and without, but also the end of the dreadful enslavement to incessant thinking. Mm. What an incredible liberation this is. Yeah. Thinking has become a disease. Yes, a, mind, a literal mind virus. The mind virus. <laughs> <laughs> disease happens when things get out of balance. For example, there is nothing wrong with cells dividing and multiplying in the body, but when this process continues, in disregard of the total organism, cells proliferate and we have disease. The mind is a superb instrument if used rightly. Used wrongly, however, it becomes very destructive. To put it more accurately, it's not so much that you use your mind wrongly. You usually don't use it at all. It uses you. This is the disease. You believe that you are your mind. This is the delusion. The instrument has taken you over. Love it. Oh, and then there's a bit that I highlighted. Um, There's a, a bit more back and forth. You mean stop thinking altogether? No, I can't, except maybe for a moment or two. This is, uh, oh, the, the the power of now is also written in this sort of conversational okay, fashion, okay. Yeah. somewhat. And then uh, Tolly replies, and then the mind is using you. You are unconsciously identified with it, so you don't even know that you are its slave. It's yeah. almost as if you were possessed without knowing it. And so you Mate. take the possessing entity to be yourself. Mate. The beginning of freedom is the realization that you are not the possessing entity, the thinker. Knowing this enables you to observe the entity. The moment you start watching the thinker, a higher level of consciousness becomes activated. You then begin to realize that there is a vast realm of intelligence beyond thought, that thought is only a tiny aspect of that intelligence. You also realize that all things that truly matter, beauty, love, creativity, joy, inner peace, arise from beyond the mind. You begin to awaken. Yeah. Why, so I'm, I'm curious why you've started getting into it. Because I've, I've also started, I mean, you know, you always you, you hear about this kind of stuff just yeah. like forever. And, you know, probably up until like a year or two ago, I would have, mm. I like to think I wouldn't have dismissed it, but I, you know, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have compelled me, but now it compels me, you know? Mm. So what I, our guru, uh, Dr. Gupta says is that this sort of truth with a capital T is only available to those who are sincerely with a capital S seeking with a capital S. <laughs> <laughs> does he have, does he have autocorrect on? <laughs> yeah i think what one of one of the reasons that i feel more compelled by this is that for, from doing a bunch of reading around this it seems like lots of old and disparate cultures and traditions have essentially arrived uh, arrived at the same yeah, insight of they're all like, basically saying the same stuff of like you know that there is this thing outside of the mind there is you know there is man's primordial primordial nature there, you know the spirit you know the soul spirit whatever you want to call it there is like your true self that is not your thoughts or your body and like that sort of inward journey to like the center you know all, all this kind of stuff which sounds so like completely like hippie is like dude <laughs> save this for like <laughs> go back to the mountains dude <laughs> save this for burning man yeah save this for burning man kind of vibes yeah i just uh i feel quite compelled by it I'm, I'm i'm kind of approaching it from different angles so like i i find that there are moments where i kind of come close to try to understanding i think what they're trying to get at mm. and then i snap back into where so I, I started doing sam harris's waking up meditation 30-day course about 60 days ago yeah okay <laughs> and i'm on day 10 nice. <laughs> um, but it's like each day there's like a med- guided meditation on the app and then there's also a little bit of theory okay um i also listen to the waking up audiobook and then when i chatted to a friend, Dan Morisoto, who runs a company called Heights that I invested in. 
um, he was big on the whole spirituality stuff and recommended Eckhart Tolle. Mm. And then another friend recommended Kapil Gupta. And I saw I saw a podcast where Naval was talking to Kapil. Oh, really? Uh, I say this as if I'm, as if I'm on first name terms with them. <laughs> I, 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 I apologize. <laughs> to be and, fair, Kapil has tweeted you. So. Yeah, oh, true, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I thought, you know what? Let's explore what this is about. Yeah. Oh, because in the, in the podcast, they were basically saying, it was, it, was, it was a bit controversial. They were like, you know, people say it's all about the journey, but actually it's about the destination because, you know, the destination is what makes the journey meaningful. And I was like, I'm not sure I agree with this, but these guys know some stuff. And so yeah. let's, let me read this guy's book. Yeah, so, I, th- I think with stuff like that, journey, destination, yeah, I, I think like it all sounds like wordplay until like you've reached like a pretty deep level and then you're like, oh, that's what they mean about journey and destination. Like, it, all just, it all just sounds like wordplay to no, me. No, quite. You know, like... Um, one of the exercises in Kapil's Atma Moon book is interesting. And I, w- I wonder if it, like, it, it didn't... I think it, it came close to resonating with me. Okay, um, your manufactured self. When you look into the mirror, it shows you an image of the person you have habitually come to regard as yourself. Because you believe this to be yourself, you have spent your entire life attempting to adorn him, fortify him, protect him, and guide him. Mate. If someone says anything against this person, you retaliate. Mate. If someone tries to harm this person, you rush to protect him. If he is hungry, you feed him. If he is tired, you allow him to rest. His every little wish is your command. His mundane desires, his need for approval, his hope for success, mm. these are all your life's work. You work incessantly for him, and you never question it, and you, and you never question it. Even the thought of questioning it puzzles you. It may cause you all sorts of hardship, but you won't have it any other way. The survival and the well-being of this person is in the mirror represents the full sum of your life. Imagine that I came to you and said I would take care of this person in the mirror for you. Imagine that I give you a week's rest. For one full week, I would take care of his needs and attend to all his concerns. From his disappointments about his career to his hope for becoming a success. From his conflict in his family life to his desire for happiness. His hunger, his sleep, his thirst, his sense of peace. You would be free of it all for one week. What would that week be like? There would be no worry. There would be for there would be no one to worry about. There would be no hope, as there would be no one to hope for. There would be no boss to impress or family member to apologize to. What would you do with your time? How would you spend the day? I want you to go there now within yourself. Fear not. I will not give you the luxury of one week, for man has learned to, sh- to shun such guilty pleasures. I will only give you a few minutes. For the next few minutes, this person in the mirror is not your concern. Just for a few minutes. Whether he lives or dies, is tired or hungry, is hopeful or depressed, is not your concern. For the next few minutes, this person in the mirror has no caretaker. His caretaker is taking a break. Put this book down and do this now. Please do it. <laughs> wow. Mate, I love it. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I, feel, I, I feel like you're at a point where a lot of the stuff would like really vibe with yeah, you. Yeah, it really vibes with me, yeah. Um, I, I think I'm not quite at the point. Like, I, 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 can, I can sort of feel that I'm... Mm. I, I, I'm not yet at the point where this stuff is vibing with me because I'm like, I don't know, like part, part of me feels like I'm already fairly low, low anxiety and therefore I tend not to have that much mental chatter. And if I do have mental chatter, it tends to be just having a song playing in my head or things like that. Okay. Um, but, oh, what was it? There was, um, yeah, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is and I'm just enlightened already. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hallmark of the enlightenment. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, hmm. There's been a lot of stuff in in Capel and in the Power of Now that talks around the idea of like hope being like a bad thing and like the pursuit of happiness being like a bad thing. And I guess what they're all trying to get to is just this idea that the present moment is all there is and any living in the past or living in the future is just, you know, shafting yourself. Mm. Yeah, again, it's 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 hard to describe it, but I think I can't as I'm kind of reading the stuff lying lying in bed at night, yeah, I occasionally come close to being to sort of feeling like yeah. there's a yeah, a, a, the sort of grasping the magnitude of this, yeah. but not quite yet. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, to be honest, I do I do sometimes feel like like it, I I do feel compelled by it, but I, I'm also sometimes worried about like, am I just like trying to LARP? You know, <laughs> LARP means like live action role play. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it, it's a bit like sort of imposter syndrome of like is this actually making sense to me or does it is it just like a nice idea that i want mm. to go along with because it's like cool and edgy or something <laughs> you mm. know that kind of stuff um, i i don't i don't think it's it's, it's quite to that extent but with, with, with all this kind of stuff at least for me it's it starts to make more sense when i can put it in concrete terms in terms of like a specific problem that i'm dealing with or an, an issue that i'm having mm. um one of the things that capital talks about is kind of 
man's obsession with his station in life mm. and how we keep on striving for this, that, and the other. And one of his like conclusions, if I can butcher it, is like to actually just not care about things <laughs> broadly. And I think the for, for, for me, that specific thing is currently and, and has been for a while, the what do I do with my career thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the kind of monkey brain part of me feels like feels the need to strive for more mm. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then then there's then I read this sort of stuff where I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Can I actually just opt out of this yeah. striving game? Yep. And can I just be content to just like do whatever I want? And what Kapil says is that is his whole thing is like, you know, a a craft a master craftsman improving his craft for its for his for its own sake is the ultimate like yeah, yeah, yeah. the ultimate state of being. But you know, doing that for anything other than that intrinsic reason, I guess, is kind of self-sabotaging and ultimately leads to pain and resentment mm-hmm. and all the bad things. I think, I don't know. Something like that. Something like that. And then I, I read the stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe I could just opt out. And then, and then I, for like a second, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I sort of come like snapping back to the, to the thinking about the future stuff. Uh-uh. I don't know. It's, it's, it's really hard to talk about stuff in like a, a it really is. Co- yeah, yeah. like a coherent way. Yeah, for sure. Um, Apparently, the power of now is just like up, like changed millions of lives all around the world, and, and things where people are like, "Oh my god, incredible!" Really, but equally, like, there's you know, Time Magazine said it was like just uh, just like a load of BS <laughs> in their review, <laughs> uh, which he actually mentions in the sort of preface at the start. Yeah, um, that you know, the book will speak to people at different times. Yeah, and some may not be ready for it. Like, one interesting thing is that we on with my on my new deep dive podcast, uh, I think in one or two episodes. We've talked about spirituality and stuff. Mm. And then we did like a mid-season survey and discussions about spirituality was rated by far the lowest thing that people appreciated about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the highest one was self-improvement, practical tips I can apply to my career. Yeah, practical Uh, trips to strive towards. (laughs) Yes, no, exactly. (laughs) Love it. And like the 10th, number 10 on the list was spirituality and number nine on the list was relationships. Really, and all the other stuff. Yeah, no, I would have. I was sort of thought so too. But I think there's a lot of, and this kind of it, and and this kind of makes sense. I like. I wonder if there is this. You start off in life's kind of striving for worldly success. Once you've become somewhat conscious, when you're in in school, when you're like a certain a certain sort of person, and when you're the sort of person that listens to a podcast that delves into the minds of entrepreneurs and stuff, then you are obviously going to be the sort of person doing that striving for worldly success. As am I. Yeah. And then at some point, everyone, well, it seems like a lot of people have this, a bit of this like, oh shit, maybe this like striving for worldly success isn't, isn't, you know, maybe that's not the point. point. Uh, And then go go on this like meditation, yoga, spirituality path. Some people approach it through religion. Some people approach it through, I don't know, Sam Harris. (laughs) Right, right. Um, It's very hard to talk someone into becoming interested in this yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's hard to talk about because the language just sounds so like mumbo jumbo. I mean, even just saying like the word spirit or something, you know, it's, it sounds very archaic. It sounds very archaic, yeah. you know? And I think like most people, I, I think, you know, there's this sort of part of modernity is this sort of, uh, I don't know, assumption of, uh, I guess what some people call like naturalism or materialism or something that like, there's nothing outside of the physical world basically. And I, th- I think some people, some people think that way. I think a lot, I think a lot of, I'm starting to sense a lot of vibes of like dissatisfaction. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of the sort of dissatisfaction that people have with modernity comes from like the ignorance of this other sort of thing, you know, this other direction, this sort of the in, sort of the inward direction rather than the you know mm. the upward direction or whatever you want to call it. You know, there was a there was a good a good good tweet that um, I think talks to what speaks to what you're speaking about. Um, someone tweeted, and I, I guess you might have seen this because this went semi-viral among like tech Twitter. So, so, so someone someone random tweeted something like. Um, you know what? I'm just going to find the tweet. <laughs> I feel like I, ha- I have some tweets saved up on this topic. All right. This is a guy called Liam. Hot True. take. The easiest way to put yourself behind in life is going traveling for months on end in your early 20s to find yourself. It's an absolute success killer and puts you behind the majority. Oh, I saw Why waste the key years of your life meant for building and getting ahead? I think this is bait. I, I, I read that and I thought, I'm not going to give this even a moment's thought because this is just so obviously bait. Does, yeah, this guy has like... 
this guy's on sub 10k followers he knows exactly what response that would get (laughs) (laughs) yeah i didn't buy buy that tweet for a second um i think he's anyway and then there are lots of kind of people dunking on that uh (laughs) basically (laughs) and being like you know why why waste the years of your life meant for building and getting ahead yeah, I mean, just so much about that framing I found problematic. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was bait and I didn't really... You know, here's a reply to it. The idea of falling behind in your 20s is a myth held by people who don't realize how young they are. You're only falling behind if if you're failing to grow. Your soul is smarter than you. You need to listen to it to get what you really want out of life. It just, it all sounds like such just bollocks, mate, doesn't it? <laughs> what, like the soul stuff? Yeah. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> it's so hard. Okay, I can't find... I, I've definitely like saved up a bunch of tweets about this stuff i guess not just not in my bookmarks and it's very hard to search through likes mate the day twitter builds a a search feature for one's likes that's the <laughs> that's the day my my fifth brain will finally be released <laughs> into the world to me i like <gasps> yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like i'm not looking forward to that feature because i often like um polite like tweets that i get mentioned in oh really okay. and so now yeah. my, my my twitter likes are not actually yeah. a good representation of yeah stuff that i want to save mm. i thought readwise was going to be it but the friction of like saving something to readwise is still too much yeah i don't really save tweets to readwise i mean readwise is amazing for like kindle highlights other highlights but i don't save tweets to readwise yeah, because you can just dm the readwise account with like t and it will save the whole thread yeah yeah and so yeah, i've done I see, that, I I've done that a few doing, times like readwise save thread like what, what is this guy doing <laughs> yeah why is that even publicly well, yeah. Just, yeah. you have the readwise account and we'll do it on that note one of the challenges we've set uh, for our uh, our team is can can we get me to climb up the readwise saved threads leaderboard oh yeah uh, when we started we were like 74 i think when when we've now like ascended about 30 or 40 places in the last year really? yeah. nice so what are you now like 20 something I, I haven't i haven't checked in a while but um, well, what's your big thread Oh, is it just about number of readwise? Yeah, it's no, to, like, total number of yeah. There's like it's, that it's not like the maximum you've ever had saved on the thread or something. No, it's like total number. So like people like David Perel and uh, Naval and uh, Dicky Bush from Ship Thirty for Thirty and stuff are yeah at the the thread bros. Yeah, I want to become a thread bro. Nice. Let me see I, if I can because I see the worldly success of the, the, read, the readwise leaderboard. Yeah, about, of all how quickly we've gone. From, <laughs> we're talking about that to like oh, you're trying to get up the readwise yeah. leaderboard for Ship Thirty. I love it. <laughs> Um, give me a sec yeah I'm doing a lot of reading about sort of Islam and religion and stuff like that and it's very much centered around yeah conquering the self and the ego that being the path up the mountain mm. uh, let me see if I can find any good highlights I have a question like go the highlights what goes on in your mind when you're like being idle do you like have a voice that's talking to yourself or like okay here's one thing I've started doing and I've started noticing I've started noticing that when I'm idle I just like I'm Obviously, I'm consciously thinking about it, but like without really thinking about it, I decide I'm going to put on some Spotify. I'm going to like listen to a podcast or something. Um, and I think, wait, what the hell am I doing? I know I'm not going to put on some Spotify right now. Why would I do that? You know, like why do I, why, why am I feeling the need to jump to that? Okay. So I, I think there's a, f- a few things that are probably going on. I think part of what's going on is this, um, you know, the same phenomenon that goes on when I think it's better to make myself a coffee instead of have water because like, coffee is more valuable somehow because there's like more matter in there or something you know and in the same way i think like well i mean if i'm not it'd be a waste not to listen to something right now like i'll put on some music or whatever you know i think there's just like something really weird about that yeah i think part of it is that it feels like i'm somehow i feel like i would be doing something you know i'd be it's the whole like productivity mind virus in a subtle way i think you know Mm. um so that's part of that's part of the. And if you can listen to something and consume stuff that is better than yeah, 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 the alternative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something to that effect. And I think I think this is probably more you know on a semi subconscious level. Like obviously it's not completely subconscious. I wouldn't be talking about it. I, I I do feel like part of what's going on there is like some kind of escapism where I wanted I I want to sort of I just want to I mean again it's, it sounds like really cliche and like so many people are saying this nowadays and you know when. You know, the whole thing of like, oh man, you know, millennials, they, they can't just sit with their thoughts for like a minute nowadays, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I think it's basically it. <laughs> That's it's spot on. <laughs> I think I'm just trying to like escape from something, hmm. you know, maybe not, escape is a bit dramatic. Like, yeah, I think it's partly I want to be able to feel like I'm doing something. I'm on, on some level, I'm like running away from something, you know, I think. Okay. So what's, what goes on your mind in, in your mind? When yeah, you're then I don't to... do that. And like, yeah, so for example, actually today it's at Stansted. Yeah, I think I was walking to the train or something 
And then I had one of these moments and I, and I like almost went to listen to music and I was like, no, why would I do that? And then I didn't. To be honest, there wasn't too much going on. I was just like vibing, just like vibing with the environment rather than like escaping, you know? Again, it's, it just sounds kind of stupid. Yeah, I just think there's some perverse thing around like some feeling of action or a feeling of doing something or feeling, you know, something like that. I think there's something perverse around that. And then I think to some extent I'm running away from something. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll keep noticing it. It's, I've really started noticing it over the past few weeks. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Wait, what's the question? Like, what's your chatter? Like, do you do you find yourself wanting to turn on Spotify for no real reason? Because like, it's not like I'm going to be appreciating the music, right? Like, if there, there are times when I'm like seriously just like want to like listen to some music, yeah. like really getting into it, like really just vibing to that. And that's probably like 2% of the time that I have Spotify on. Mm. So I know. And I, the rest of the time is just pointless. Okay. So I never listen to Spotify. Okay. Yeah. I guess you're always listening to podcasts, audiobooks. Yeah, yeah. But that's so. so and I, I, I also have this thought process of like, do I want to listen to something right now? And usually the answer is yes, I'm engrossed in this audiobook I'm listening to currently, The Evolution of Desire by David Buss. Oh, yeah. Which is all about like um, mating preferences and how attraction and stuff has evolved over mm. the generations and, and things, which is really interesting. Um, and so last couple of days as i started listening to this i have been finding more moments in the day like taking out the trash for example might as well put the put the airpods in and and play the audiobook yeah but i think that's quite goal directed in that like I yeah yeah, yeah. I, th- I, th- you know, I think yeah. that's i think that's quite present like yeah definitely if i'm like really into an audiobook or a podcast or, like mm-hmm. a talk or something i'm like oh i can't wait to get back to that like that's a great feeling i'm like present i'm like engaged yeah i don't think i seek this stuff out as a escape okay yeah, I guess I guess for me the mental chatter like y- usually there is some sort of song playing in my head, which occupies some percentage of my brain, <laughs> and then there is just like random thoughts about random stuff. Okay, no. So what are the random thoughts about random stuff? So so like thinking about stuff that happened that day, stuff you're about to do, just like planning your day. Okay, so one 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 that I've noticed actually is 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 actually a lot of time <laughs> for for the for the last few for the last couple of weeks, there have been a few times while I've been having a shower. Where I have kind of forgotten whether I've put on the, the shower gel or not. Oh. Okay. And been like, oh, yeah. I actually can't remember if I did this, so let's just do it again. And I realized that one of the thoughts that I've had has been a sort of kind of um, doomsday scenario if sort of projecting into the future about me potentially getting cancelled and all the different ways I might get cancelled. Really? And all the different things that wow. people in my life might kind of kind of say that would, would lead to me getting cancelled. And then I kind of think about this for a, a minute or two. And, and you're then just I'm like, like completely zoned out. And then I'm just like, wait a minute, it. what the hell am I doing? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, this is just dumb. And then I stop, and then I choose to stop thinking about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then I think, huh, it's kind of interesting that I was thinking about yeah, that. That's, yeah. that's a bit weird. Oh, um, when did this start happening? I, I noticed it probably about three weeks ago. Okay. Do you it was, think it's been going on longer? Uh, no. Like this, like I, 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 I have so few kind of fears, anxieties and stuff about the future. Yeah. Uh, that when I do notice something, I'm like, oh, that's that's like un- unusually, yeah, yeah, that's kind of unusual for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I often think about work stuff, like planning a video in my head or something like that. Or why do you think the cancel yeah. the fear the cancellation fears have started creeping in? I think partly it's because like everything in life is going so well right now. Oh, okay, yeah. That yeah. if I if I imagine, I feel like it's got to come crumbling down at some point. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that seems to be a pretty you know one of one of the higher probability things. Okay, in, sure. In this sort of industry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for example. Yeah, I suspect that's what's going on. Hmm. Here's, here's, here's my theory. We all have a different baseline level of anxiety. Anxiety mm-hmm. meaning fears about the future that may or may not be sure. valid. Yeah. Um, and we need to fill fill it with something somehow. Is that your theory? And so even when... And, and so when life is good going, quote, badly, then it's easy enough to fill that with stuff. But But even when life is going well... Mm. I think you have a vessel to fill. You have a vessel to fill and that vessel needs to be then filled with the proverbial first world problems. Mm. And so I, if I, if I think about three months ago where a kind of YouTube channel wasn't going well, then the stuff I'd be thinking about was YouTube channel is not going well. How do we make it better? You know, it's yeah, 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 yeah. now that YouTube channel is going well and we've got things sorted. Then, then yeah. Now it's like, okay, what are the tail risks that are gonna <laughs> right, right. potentially show off this like i don't know interesting and, and yeah. I've, I, I i've I've got a couple of friends who i would I, I would rate as being more anxious than i am yeah and they seemed some of them seem to also have worrying about future potential bad Worry, things. Uh, yeah f- f- or, 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 almost they 
And they almost have to be worried about something or another. Okay. And I think, yeah, for me, I probably do have to be worried about something or another <laughs> just to occupy the mind some of the time. Mm, interesting. Have you had that at all? I'm trying to think. I don't think I do much. I think the term is catastrophizing um, mm. for this kind. Of, I don't think I do too much catastrophizing. I think I have much more, you know, the times when I'm anxious is much more specific anxiety around like, oh man, I need to do that thing that I haven't done yet. Or like, you know, it's, it's usually specific stuff. I don't really... It's not like generalized. No, I don't think I have any generalized sense of that. It's usually kind of specific. But I think what you, I think what you might be saying, oh, we're going for an hour. Um, it feels a bit like a cop out because it's a way for you to like absolve like responsibility in a sense. Because you're kind of saying like, okay, you know, this bad thing, you know, I'm I'm, I'm doing this like catastrophizing. But actually, you know, there's just like this, you know, there's everyone has a baseline level of anxiety. It's got to be filled with something. And so I'm just feeling with that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's meaningless. It's meaningless. I just, you know, my brain oh, just no, has that's to think thing something. Okay, that's no, not what no, you're saying. No, no. Okay. My theory is a sort of separate to the thing that I'm doing. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I'm not okay. saying that this is a natural thing and therefore it is good. No, I'm not. I, I know you're not saying it's good, but I think your, your theory seems to suggest that like it's arbitrary. You're, yeah, you're, I think I think your theory seems to suggest, well, you know, the vessel needs to be filled. My mom's got to make up some some stuff. I mean, uh, of, of course it's not going to be arbitrary. Okay. Like I'm not, uh, you know, the sorts of stuff that I would worry about are specific to my life life context. Yeah, not arbitrary in that sense, yeah. but arbitrary in the sense of like, yeah, I mean, the vibe I got was that like your theory would be kind of detaching you from this thing. It's like, oh, you know, I've just got to... Got to worry about something. Yeah, I've just got to worry about something and this is just something to worry about rather than being like, hmm, why am I worried about that? Yeah, I think internally I do think, huh, why am I worried about okay. that? I, it's just, I will, I'll, I'll tell you off the record. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. Have you done something cuts there? <laughs> what, what did you tweet three weeks ago? the books that I've been reading. <laughs> <laughs> How long did that tweet go? I deleted yeah. before you got rid of it, mate. <laughs> I missed screenshots. Yeah, they... <laughs> exactly. exactly. Is there a way for people to surface tweets that have been deleted? Is there some kind of web archive? <laughs> oh, mate, the, the, uh, people may have heard that there's a new Twitter CEO in town. And I think as soon as he became CEO, it looks like a bunch of people went on some crusade to like dig up his whole tweets and find problematic stuff. And there was some stuff in there. I just thought was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I think we should chat more about the spirituality stuff. I'm, I'm doing a bunch of reading right. It's hard to like coherently put stuff down. I think I'm just going to like, I'm just going to keep going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, go for it. Until I feel like I can synthesize things. Maybe we can read out. I haven't read out a review in a while. I don't think I've read any reviews in a while. I can't remember how to even read reviews. I don't know if we have listeners anymore. This is an interesting one. This is a five-star review entitled The Final Taboo. Ali and Ted have talked about almost everything there is to talk about, with Ali especially priding himself on transparency and being open and vulnerable. Yet somehow there has not been, there has not yet been a podcast episode on the subject of your religious beliefs and where you and Ted stand on Islam. You've limited yourselves to barely touching on the subject and fearful mentions of the word Muslim, pray, and faith. You're doing everyone a disservice by not giving this matter a proper fleshing out. Otherwise, awesome podcast. Oh, it's pretty interesting. I'm happy to talk about it. I'd like to talk about it. I just feel like I need to be in a position where I I have like thoughts that I can explain about it. Because it's kind of like the spirituality stuff, right? Like where if you haven't sat down and tried to synthesize things in a way that you can explain to other people who aren't kind of coming from the same place. Yeah. It's actually quite hard to do that, you know? Yeah. And quite hard to have like a coherent discussion about things. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think definitely over the next yeah i think i'd say in, in the next few months we should definitely dig dig deeper on that sure i'm done I'm all right thanks for everyone for listening and we'll see you next week bye-bye that's it for this week thank you for listening if you like this episode please leave us a review on apple podcasts or on the apple podcast website if you're not using an iphone there's a link in the show notes if you've got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics we'd love to get an audio message from you with your conundrum question or just anything that we could discuss yeah if you're up for having your voice played on the podcast and your question being the springboard for our discussion email us an audio file mp3 or voice note to hi at notoverthinking.com. if you've got thoughts but you'd rather not have your voice played publicly that's fine as well tweet or DM us at nOverthinking on Twitter, please. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.